Beautiful greetings, everybody. My name is Alex Flores. And I am Meredith Frigo. And you're listening to Tea Time with Bitter and Sweet. HIV and AIDS. What's the difference? You're going to find out. Meredith, my dear. Yeah. What are we drinking? It's kind of a concoction I made up, I guess. I don't mind it at all. Okay, great. It's just, it's kind of a variation on stuff I've done before. It's Mm -hmm. just some crushed up ginger and some black tea and cardamom and cinnamon. Mm -hmm. And then I put some oat milk in it and some coconut palm sugar. Okay. This oat milk is really good. It is really good. I've never had oat milk before. I've had it before, but I made it. So it's a little different, Mm. but it was, it's still... I've noticed that it's much creamier than mm-hmm. almond milk or rice milk or mm-hmm. soy milk. It just has like a much heavier creaminess really nice. to it, which I like a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so good. Delicious. Very so you should nice. try some oat milk in your own tea. So grab a cup. And listen and learn. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully most of you know the Sit difference. Sit your ass down and listen right now. <laughs> Hopefully most of you know the difference between HIV mm-hmm. and AIDS. Right. I do know the difference. I just want to explain that to everybody. I was asking to set up our podcast. Um, Got to lead into it sometimes. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, Alex. Yes. What's the difference? So, HIV is a virus. Mm -hmm. AIDS is a syndrome. Okay. There are two different things. One of them, you can be a carrier of a virus. And then the other one, you can show symptoms of a syndrome. Right. So HIV stands for human immunodeficiency virus. Right. Meaning you are a carrier of a specific type of bacteria. That does not mean that you are affected by the bacteria or that your body is taking negative effects to it. It just means that your body is a carrier of that bacteria. And could be prone. Yes. Very true. Okay. AIDS stands for acquired immune deficiency Syndrome. Mm-hmm. So, HIV, once your body accepts it as part of its like natural processes, becomes AIDS. Right. So, so, you can have HIV without having AIDS. Correct. But you can't have AIDS without having had HIV. Correct. Okay. You ha- HIV comes first. It's like a two step process. Your body uh, is the introduced. worst two step process. <laughs> your body is introduced to the virus. Right. And then if it so happens that that virus develops into a syndrome, then you acquire AIDS. Mm -hmm. So two-step process. You'll have HIV first. Right. Some people can carry HIV for their entire lives. Yeah, I saw that the life expectancy like used to be you'd live up to maybe in your 30s if you got Mm -hmm. it in your 20s. Now you can live up into your 70s. Yes, because we have medication that can uh, support your immune system and fight off the acquired syndrome. Right. But you can still be a carrier of HIV for a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. So let's say you're a carrier of HIV. If you are in contact with anybody, uh, whether it's any type of blood relation or sexual relation, anything that could transmit a virus, um, other than, of course, like mucous membranes and stuff like that, it's not that easily transmitted. Do you want to talk about real quick how you can contract it? Uh, Yeah, sure. Let's do that. Okay. One way for sure is sex. 
mm-hmm. which most people know. Mm-hmm. Another way that a lot of people know is needles. Yes. If people are reusing needles and they're not properly sanitized or they're mm-hmm. not new needles. Um, if a mother has AIDS or HIV mm-hmm. and gives birth to a child, that mm-hmm. kid could or would most likely. I don't know if it's like pot for sure. It's most likely, but it's not for sure. Um, blood transfusions mm-hmm. that um, people aren't very careful about. Mm-hmm. Eating after or drinking after somebody is something that I saw. If you if they have HIV or AIDS and you're eating after them, you could possibly, there's a chance. There's a potential because if you have open sores in your mouth. Right. An open wound is yeah, another. Yeah, an open wound. So if you have open sores in your mouth and you're drinking some, whatever it is, and you just so happen to have the virus, then those open sores can con, uh, what's the word? Contaminate? Those open sores... Oh my God, why can't Swords. I? Swords, yeah. We're going to penetrate some bitches today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the irony. Those open sores can contaminate fluids mm-hmm. if they're not healed. Okay. So that's, I mean, like, it's kind of like a myth about saliva and stuff like that. Sure. But like open sores in the mouth for sure. Okay. Okay. Um, I wanted to talk about some people that are big advocates mm-hmm. for... Uh, HIV and AIDS. Mm-hmm. So like uh, Princess Diana is one. Mm. Do you know anything about Princess Diana? I know that the gays love her. She's just like, <laughs> she is. She's wonderful. She's, she's Well, and she's passed away now. But, right. Um, but she's an icon. Right. Yeah. Well, style icon. And also just, a, I have a lot of opinions about Princess Diana. All mm-hmm. for the most part good. I really do mm-hmm. I love her. But anyway, so she opened one of the first HIV clinics in Britain. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was in a time where it was really taboo of like, oh my God, like all of these people, it's just because they're promiscuous and right. all this stuff. So she opened it in eight, 1987. I almost said 1887. We stand an advocating queen. <laughs> yes. 1987. <laughs> uh, and the big deal that happened with that was that she went to go visit the clinic and things mm-hmm. and to kind of prove that even being around somebody with HIV and AIDS, but also she shook the, one of the, the patient's hands. Hmm. And that was a really big deal because it showed mm. the world that, oh, well, if a princess, the princess of Wales, mm-hmm. can go up and shake uh, someone's hand who has AIDS or HIV and she's not going to get it, then obviously I'm not going to, just being right. in the same vicinity as somebody. Because it, it was a big deal because they weren't... Mm-hmm. It wasn't well understood yet. Yeah. yeah, so it was very taboo and people didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. But she kind of uh, changed that. She changed it in uh, some misconceptions, hmm. which I really love. Yes. So, yeah, and in that time too, they, it was a lot of uh, purely they thought it was people who were gay that's the disease that you could get if you're gay. Right. That was the and the that trademark. was yes the the mis- another misconception mm-hmm. that she she helped to get rid of or destroy yeah. or alleviate. Yes, I made a punching sound. I got you. Thank you. <laughs> I also saw you punch the air. <laughs> yes. Well, you saw me, but they didn't. They, as in you, dear listener. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Magic Johnson. Okay, forgive my youthful ignorance. Who is Magic Johnson? <laughs> He's a basketball star. 
Oh, okay, yeah. You've probably heard of him. You just I have probably heard of the name, but I had Magic no idea. Johnson. Like, well, I don't do sports. I do athletes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, he, I mean, he is an athlete. Or but was. I, He's I, not anymore. I didn't do him. Okay. All right. So but he was a basketball star. Now you know, and you can never say again that you don't know who Magic Johnson is. I feel like I've heard the name. I just never. You definitely have. Yeah. There's no way in. There's no way you've never heard of him. <laughs> okay. So he is, was one of the first celebrities to claim that he had a, has HIV. Mm. Mm. Now it's ringing a bell. <laughs> yes. Also, he was really good at basketball. So, and but he still lives very healthily. As uh, with someone with AIDS. Hmm. I mean, HIV, not AIDS. Right. I think he just has HIV. Hmm. Yeah. He's 59 years old and he's uh, a promoter, not a promoter. What's the right word? He's a um, advocate. Mm-hmm. He's an advocate for those with HIV and AIDS. And okay. he also still is very in, much in the public eye and... Mm-hmm. Um, is a not a a sportscaster? Is that what they're called? The people that sit and they comment on sports? Oh yeah, I think yeah, something <laughs> like that. A sports commenter. We're obviously not sports people. No, we don't. We don't. We we don't know her. <laughs> <laughs> We're very obviously not sports people. Okay, and then the last person I have is Arthur Ashe. Do you know who that is? I think it's Ash. A S H E. Ash Ketchum. I don't know. Gotta catch them all. Stop it. <laughs> So Arthur, mm-hmm. I'm going to guess Arthur Ashe. He was a tennis player. Uh, first black American to win a singles title in Wimbledon. Very nice. Which is very cool. Uh, he contracted HIV in 1983, um, but it was from a blood transfusion. Mm. So he became an advocate because to, uh, to bring more awareness of the uh, oh, all the I other see. ways that you could get HIV and then it could progress to AIDS. Right. He died at 49. Because mm-hmm. uh, whenever he contracted it, it was in the 80s, I think. I see. So we, we weren't as progressive as we are now back then. I see. Obviously, since that's how <laughs> time works. <laughs> Little known fact, if you are a male who has ever had any type of sexual contact with another male... Mm-hmm. Or if you are a female who has ever had any type of sexual contact with a male who has had any type of sexual contact with another male, Uh then you cannot donate any blood or blood products. Right. Such as, um, I mean, pretty much like plasma. Plasma. You can't donate plasma. You can't donate blood. Um, uh, uh, Whole platelets. I mean, there's so many different things you can do. Mm -hmm. But, um... Because of the AIDS and HIV epidemic uh, that centered around what was thought to have been gay men predominantly, um, it became uh, legally recognized as a disease uh, that is contracted by blood-to-blood contact. Yes. So because of that reason, uh, it was federally recognized as something that can be banned for mm. uh, blood donation. Right. So it's not, in their eyes, it's not discrimination. It's not discrimination against a specific type of minority. It is a preemptive measure against a scientifically proven epidemic. Okay. That's how they justified it. Okay. Little known fact. Very good. Because a lot of people just think, oh, the gays can't donate. Not allowed to donate blood because you have AIDS. 
Right. But it's, I mean, well, like, only a naive, really close minded <laughs> people would think that. But because um, of scientific survey and medical research studies, we know for a fact, like it's, it's a fact, like I'm gay and I'm, I'm well aware of this type of medical, uh, history Mm -hmm. that the gays have had an epidemic before. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't necessarily because they were gay. It was just because of the epidemic that just so happened to be so prevalent in the community. Right. So because of those reasons, they were able to, I don't know, make it illegal to donate. Yes, and I, and I don't think it was out of it. Some of it was probably out of hatred. Oh yeah, for possibly sure. Possibly for uh, for people who are gay. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I think that they had some medical standing. They did on that. So um, it's the same reason why um, if you've been to Germany within a certain amount of time or been to France within a certain amount of time for however long, like I think that it's like a four year thing. Like if you've been to France for more than four years during a certain time period, oh, yeah. then you can't do because there are certain epidemics that happened in those countries right? or um, any type of epidemic really. Well, and they always ask you to like, if you've left the country or whatever, right, whenever you, you go donate plasma mm-hmm. or blood. Yeah. Um, did you bring that up because the, of Arthur Ashe having blood, a blood right, transfusion? the blood transfusion. So um, blood transfusions were not always regulated I that wonder way. when that happened then. Well, like when it started, maybe he was one of the ones that kind of progressed that. I didn't even look into that. I didn't look into it either, but it just a little, because I work in the medical field, there are things that you like pick up on over the years. Mm-hmm. And um, I do know that blood transfusions and blood donations and plasma donations were not always regulated that heavily by the FDA. Right. But because the FDA Well, probably because like, they didn't think they needed to. Right. And then like, and then people were the getting sick and they're like, Oh, why are people getting this virus? Exactly. And then it's like, Oh, maybe we need to somehow regulate this in order to not mm-hmm. have an issue. So a lot of people don't know that the FDA actually regulates those kinds of things because the FDA, as most people are aware, at least they, the food and drug administration. Right. But, um, blood transfusions are considered a drug. Yes. Well, because at least it's... they do something, though, because they really are not right. great. <laughs> just saying. They have to do something. They just make the law. They need something to do. Because <laughs> God bless them. They just don't oh, do goodness. anything. But yeah. So um, over the years, we've definitely seen an increase in how they regulate those kinds of things, not only for blood, but for any type of medical research. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes. And there has been a lot of medical research that's been going on centered around the HIV and AIDS epidemic ever since like, oh God, um, so many different I'm sure uh, when it became, I I always think this is something I do like about the human race. Mm -hmm. Whenever something becomes scary, all of a sudden everybody's really interested and they want to look into it and find out the causes of it. And Mm -hmm. I just think that's wonderful. Even though like it's terrible that people have died from this and and it's caused a lot of problems Mm -hmm. and things. But I think because of that, we as humans decide that that's something we need to work on and get rid of or whatever. So I like that about us humans. (laughs) We're considerate to the point as if it can affect us all of a sudden we want to protect ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. We're like, Oh, this affects us. We should, we should Mm -hmm. care. Like climate change. Okay. So back to AIDS. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
<laughs> we have learned over the years that the actual syndrome itself or the actual okay it's better to say the virus the actual virus itself changes it's on a i don't know how to say molecular structure mm -hmm. like it's constantly changing that's why it's been so difficult to be able to treat it and why it's been so difficult to find a cure because you can't find a cure for a virus that isn't um, the same from person to person. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's kind of like artificial intelligence. You know how people say artificial intelligence is really dangerous because it's constantly learning mm -hmm. and constantly evolving. And one day artificial intelligence will just decide that we are worthless. <laughs> <laughs> it always reminds me of that movie. Have you ever seen the movie smart house? Yes, I have. It's such an old Disney movie, <laughs> but I love it because it's like the whole idea of it is like the first time I was really introduced to the thought that uh, technology could really take over mm -hmm. and like the house didn't want them to leave. And right. so it like locks them in, which <laughs> also is kind of a scary idea for really kids watching yeah. Disney Channel. Disney got weird for a little bit. Disney did get weird. And I'm so glad that I was there to watch it. Do you remember Twitch's? Yes, I do. I love, uh, uh, what are their names? Tia and Tamara. Yes. Uh, they're so beautiful. Anyway, um, back to the point. <laughs> so like. We're the queen and king of sidetracking. <laughs> I know. We're so bad. <laughs> That's okay. So, um, constantly evolving, constantly changing. Yes. Uh, that's why the HIV virus has been so difficult to pin down. Right. Because let's say you find a cure for this one specific strand of HIV. It's going to change and that cure will be obsolete. Right. So. So it's ever evolving. It's ever evolving. Yeah. Until it just kind of like gets to the point where we can't control it. I feel like a lot of diseases are coming up this way too. Cause some people are saying like, have you heard of super viruses? Yeah. Like we have treatments for viruses and then the virus learns and adapts to the treatment. So all so of a sudden, like it, the virus becomes stronger than the treatment. Mm -hmm. So then our treatment stops working and it turns into what we know as a super virus. Right. Or like there's no way to treat it because everything we have for it, it it's too weak. It's the most terrible superhero. It's r ridiculous, actually. Yeah, it is. <sighs> well, and that's how a lot of our diseases are mm -hmm. recently, is that uh, some people are saying that pretty soon we're not going to even be able to treat the common flu because we've, we're be becoming so immune strong. to... Uh, to the antibiotics and, mm -hmm. and things like that. So especially with, uh, cause you know, they put antibiotics in like milk and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so uh, they think that because of that, we're becoming more and more immune to it. So they have to keep increasing the dosage and then it messes with our chemistry yeah. as humans. And so it's just a, I feel like the human body is so complex <laughs> and ridiculous. Why are we so ridiculous? I don't know. But as long as it doesn't happen while I'm alive, it's fine. You know what I mean? That's what we all say, isn't That's it? <laughs> We're like, if it doesn't affect me. I don't have kids. So Maybe whatever happens will. later. No. You might. No. Okay. <laughs> I know it's a very like immature thing to say. Like, like y'all are fine. I'm the one I'm worried about. <laughs> it's a little immature. But it's okay. It, but it's all right. I accept you for who you are. I do so much for society. 
By looking Sorry. the way I look, you are all welcome. All right, so... <laughs> anyway, back to the point. What's the point? I don't remember. Okay. But we should get back to it. We should. Wherever the point's at. <laughs> okay, so we're talking a little bit about super viruses and um, what we're doing to kind of, I guess, learn about them. Okay. Let's talk about some of the forefront institutions that are leading the way in HIV development treatment or HIV treatment development. I don't know what I'm doing. Whichever way. And I'm I'm so aware. We don't don't need to tell the the listeners though that you don't know what you're doing, but I know you know that you don't know what you are doing. (laughs) Shade. Shade. The most confusing shade I've done. Okay, here we go. So let's go to a little website um, that I don't know the name of. Is it a tiny one? It is healthcareglobal.com. Okay. Um, Seeing as I've never heard of it. Yeah, sure. It can be tiny. Um, (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Obviously, you've never heard of it. I've never heard of it before. Mm-hmm. Not once. So there are a lot of different institutionalized uh, research facilities that uh, do a lot for medicine, right? Obviously. Obviously. Yes. So let's talk about the top 10 who are in the forefront of HIV development. Okay. Uh, number 10, the Scripps Research Institute. Okay. The Scripps Research Institute undertakes basic biomedical research to learn how the human body operates on all levels. So they do a on lot of all levels. on all levels, yeah. So just like molecular <laughs> levels. <laughs> you know any more? You got some more? No. Okay. I, I was going to, but I was just like, no. Nah, let's just let's not go through the list. Science talk. <laughs> Science talk. Um, <laughs> We're the new Bill Nye. I'm a really smart individual, <laughs> but like street smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, number nine. UC San Diego AIDS Research Institute. Mm -hmm. So the AIDS Research Institute was established in 1996 by the fragrance of the University of California. I wonder how long HIV and AIDS has actually been around. I probably should have looked that up too, but people probably didn't know what it was. So it was given a name more recently. I think like history. One of the myths and legends about HIV AIDS was that the very first known case of HIV AIDS was in Africa Mm -hmm. and it was contract contacted. I don't know. Contracted contraction, um, contracted (laughs) by a monkey. Hmm. That's one of the the myths. I don't know how real that is, but that's like one of the really like longest, um, known myths about so HIV folks, AIDS. So, folks, that's a that's a possible fact. Possible. But Take a look into it. Yeah. Email us. If you're let me truly know if I'm interested, please yeah. look it up yourself. Look it up and uh, send us an email. Shout out Facebook Messenger comment yeah. on our post. Well, I don't know. Okay. Just like get a hold of us and tell me how wrong I am. <laughs> yeah. I would love that. Personally. Shut up. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> okay. Number eight. Lifespan Tufts. Brown Center for AIDS Research. Mm-hmm. CFAR is a joint research effort between Tufts and Brown University and their affiliated hospitals and centers. Hmm. Yay. I don't have anything to say. I'm just like going through the list. Like, <laughs> I just want people to know, like, if you're looking for this information, mm-hmm. these are some of the places where you can go to uh, learn a little bit about it. Right. And maybe if you're... Um, 
wanting to maybe support Mm -hmm. some of these, you could go look into it and see if you could donate some money or donate some time or something like that. Uh, I do know this one isn't HIV and AIDS, but I do know that the Trevor Project is a, a big one that people like to support. Um, for suicide prevention. And that's, again, not an AIDS thing. It's more of like a... Yeah. Anyway. Anywho, number seven. Bristol Myers Squibb. S-Q-U-I-B-B. I kind of love that name. It's kind of fun to say, isn't it? I'm going to name my child that. Let's not. Focused on addressing Squib. the significant unmet needs of patients with chronic viral disease bristol myers squib uh, i can't even say it (laughs) bristol myers squib allocates substantial resources to developing new medications and treatments in the global fight against hiv aids is it like hiv slash aids yeah it's hiv uh backslash or forward slash i don't remember which one's which Uh, i don't know neither do i i've never even noticed that there's two different ones you've never noticed that the direction? A, yeah, there's like a backslash or a forward. Yeah, there's Sorry. always yeah. There's one that um, goes from left top and then goes down to the right bottom, and then there's one that goes from the right top and then goes down to the left. But bottom. where is it on the keyboard? Oh my god, I see it. <laughs> I've never noticed that. I think the forward slash is the one where the top is on the right side. Uh huh. And the backslash is the one where the top is on the left side? I have never noticed. There's two on my keyboard. I'm looking at it right now. Okay, now I'm really smart because (laughs) I knew that. Like backslash and forward slash? Uh Uh-huh. You never knew that? No. That's crazy. Okay, number six, the AIDS Research Alliance. Now this one's a pretty popular one. Mm -hmm. Anybody who's heard about AIDS research has probably heard about the AIDS Research Alliance. Anybody. Anybody who's in a... The AIDS Research Alliance exists to develop a cure for HIV AIDS, medical strategies to prevent new infections, and better treatments for people living with HIV. Mm -hmm. One of the more popular ones. Right. Number five, Delaney AIDS Research Enterprise, also known as DARE. This Mm. is another relatively popular... I feel like I've heard of that one. Dare? Yes. Yeah. It's another relatively popular one. Um, They should have another one called Truth. Sure. Truth or Dare. (laughs) (laughs) Do you get it? An international group of more than 30 researchers and doctors, Dare is committed to finding a cure for HIV. They're probably all committed to finding a cure for HIV. I mean, like most of them. You never know. So this next one I've never heard of. Number four, Geovax Labs Incorporate. Mm. As a clinical stage biotechnology company, Geovax develops innovative human vaccines focused on those that prevent and fight HIV infections. Mm. So just a developer of medical drugs, I guess. You say some things kind of weird. You're welcome. You say incorporate instead of incorporated. Well, because it's just like it's just abbreviated. A well, okay. That's just how I say the abbreviated version. You say incorporate yeah, when incorporate. it's abbreviated? Because what do you think of whenever you're thinking of corporate America? Corporation, you don't say the full corporation. I guess, but I don't know. I feel like it's incorporated. But whenever you're thinking of corporate America, you don't say it's the incorporated. I'm probably uh, wrong <laughs> because I didn't know about the forward and the backslash. <laughs> So, uh, you're right. 
<laughs> it's fine. I've come to terms with the fact that I don't know all. Next one. <laughs> Number three. I don't know how to say this. Viv Healthcare. You don't know how to say a lot of things. V-I-I-V. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, launched uh, some last names that I can't pronounce. Person one and person two. Okay. Launched Viv Healthcare in 2009 to address international HIV and AIDS needs. Uh-huh. Um, this is obvious. I mean, like some place, maybe German, uh, Pittsburgh and Glaxio Smith Klein. Honestly, I have no idea. I think it's almost safe to say German. <laughs> almost. <laughs> almost. But also it could be kind of racist. But I also think it could be like, um, maybe like Yugoslavian or something because the, the way that it's spelled, it's kind of like strange. Gosh. Anyway. So many Germans hate us right now. Probably. Um, shout out to our Germans, by the way. Yeah. We, we know that some, you listen. Some German listeners. <laughs> I don't know if they listen all the time, but if they I don't do, know. welcome Germany. Thank you for listening to us. Yeah. I don't know if we've uh, announced that anywhere, but we are an international podcast. Yeah. We have listeners all over the world. Um, one of our most, <laughs> of course, our most popular one is U.S., but one of our uh, very closely second is Germany. Yeah, for some reason. I don't know. The, y'all like us. Uh, you're welcome. Thank you. Question we should mark? say thank you. Thank you instead of you're welcome. <laughs> because we're more modest than that. I think that's why they like us. <laughs> Lord. Okay, number two. A-M-F-A-R. And the last two letters, A-R, are capitalized. Mm-hmm. Don't know what that stands for. Um, the American Foundation for AIDS Research. Oh, that's why it's capitalized. Uh, since 1985. <laughs> it all makes uh, sense now. The American Foundation has invested in more than $338 million Damn. in its programs and has awarded more than 3,300 grants to research teams worldwide. Well, that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. So number number one. Numero uno. Number, never heard of it. Um, Calimune. Calimune. Okay. Is that like a lotion I factory? I don't Calamine. know. Um, C-A-L-I-M-M-U-N-E. So it's like the word immune, but has cal in front of it. Calimune. Is it in California? Uh, no, Baltimore. <laughs> Okay. Um, that's probably Good wrong. <laughs> um, founded in 2007, Calimune has been at the forefront of developing innovative cell-based therapies for HIV/AIDS. Excellent. It is in California. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Dr. David Baltimore <laughs> of UCLA. <laughs> I just saw Baltimore and I was just like, that's not California. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, guys. Very serious subject here. I give up on you. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Yeah, this is a serious subject and we have been kind of... I'm so sorry if we've botched it, listeners. Seriously. But we just want to bring more awareness to... um, this subject in general. And yeah. I think people are pretty good at bringing awareness to this, but uh, since this m- uh, month is pride month, yeah. we thought this would be a good subject to talk about and just, we just wanted to chime in, <laughs> reacquaint you. <laughs> <Pretty much. laughs> now even we like though, to hear ourselves speak. 
That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, even though we may not be affected by the HIV AIDS uh, epidemic ourselves, it's all over the world. Right. There are so many, um, so many places that uh, might not have access to this kind of information. So all we want to do is share the information we know, support a little bit of the people and the organizations that are out there to help individuals. And hopefully by the end of this, you'll learn something new. Agreed. So um, before I shove the rest of my foot in my mouth, let's... <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on. We have another segment. (laughs) Yay. Let's go on to brewing something bitter. Mm -hmm. Meredith, my dear. Yeah. What makes you bitter? So I bought these plants yesterday. You bought what? Plants. 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 I bought four tomato plants, Mm -hmm. two pepper plants, Mm -hmm. and a bunch of onion bulbs. Okay. Because I'm planning on growing a salsa garden. Yay. Yay. But today I can't because it is so freaking windy that I think that it's going to tear them up. So I like have to keep them in the little as safe as I can so that they they don't get all torn up from the flow up because that would be bad. I'm really bad at growing things. Mm -hmm. Russell and I were talking about this. We've just decided that I have like, I guess like a black thumb. Like I kill most things. Okay. Like instead of a green thumb. I think you've told me that before. Yes. And it it's just not good. And mm. so I'm trying, but the herbs that I've been growing this year have been going really well. So I was like, maybe, just maybe, if I try to grow some tomatoes. You might be able to make this work. Maybe. We'll see though. We'll check it out. I'm not really positive it's going to work out, mm-hmm. but we're going to try. Okay. And then if I can grow the salsa garden, <laughs> all the salsa... <laughs> I love salsa. I wish you the best. Thank you. Because you always cook really well, and I cannot wait to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yay. All right, how about you? Um, I'm just exhausted. I'm so tired. For those of you who may not be aware, I'm working two jobs now, mm-hmm. and um, I work 60-hour weeks, and I know that a lot of people say, oh, just 60-hour weeks. Yeah, but you know what? Fuck them. Because they. I, I have a lot of opinions about that, but we'll <laughs> let it be. But I've done um, like 60-hour weeks for a long time uh, working in the hospital. Back mm-hmm. when I worked in the hospital, right. I used to work long shifts constantly. And it's hard and to, to work get, those yeah. long shifts, and I know that other people have long shifts and that's mm-hmm. fine but you know people have to do what they have to do right right now i'm doing six 10 hour shifts is what i'm doing mm-hmm. between both jobs and doing six 10 hour shifts and um you know i'm not a spring chicken anymore my body is just like what the fuck are you doing you look like a spring chicken to me thanks you kid. i'm not but okay <laughs> anyway you're like my, a rooster I'm now like, <laughs> cockadoodle do bitch and now i want you to be like that what is that rooster's name and he had that like southern accent and he was like uh, do you know what i'm talking about no. had like that colonel sanders accent no gosh now i'm i feel horrible for bringing it up because i can't think of it you're gonna have to figure it out well maybe later go ahead okay so uh, anyway my body's just a little like still getting acclimated right to the prospect of having to work as much as it isn't used to it'll get it'll get there though yeah it'll get better well good okay alex yes what is sweet this week my hair 
my hair is just beautiful. Like I can't get around it. Like I'm, it's if, like a silky water fountain. Be, um, it really is. So um, I've been. I taught myself how to braid my hair, and I started off with really simple braids. And then recently, last week, I taught myself. I didn't teach myself. I had somebody teach me how. Some uh, one of my coworkers. She taught me how to French braid. Mm-hmm. And I can't French braid anybody other than myself. That's okay. Like, I don't know what is wrong with me. I can French braid my own hair behind my head. Right. And, um, but you can't do it in front of you. For those of you who have never French braided their hair before, it takes some serious upper body strength. It does actually. <laughs> like it, sometimes, so my shoulders and my back hurt a lot. Uh-huh. And, uh, sometimes I will not be able to, uh, I'm thinking, oh yeah, French braid would look really nice today. Mm-hmm. And I try and I'm like, nope, not today. <laughs> <laughs> today is not the day for it. No, it's really difficult sometimes. And of course, since I'm learning, my French braids, most of them come out pretty loose, right? It, it's have not you, a very tight braid. Have you so experienced I'll, the, the like you're holding your hair, waiting to French braid it, but your shoulders hurt so much that you bend so that your shoulders are below your head, but you're still <laughs> no. holding your hair? Dude, I totally have done that so many times. No, I've done like um, just hold my hair back where it is and just kind of like lay back wherever I am. <laughs> like if I'm on a couch, I'll just sit back and I'll just hold my hair right there yes. on top of the couch. Well, for similar. like a good like five minutes before effect. I keep going. So um, I have to keep redoing it every once in a while because mm-hmm. my, my braids aren't very like tight, tight. Right. So uh, when, and for those of you who may not know, you don't have to have a tight braid, especially if you're doing a French braid because the French braid is all of your hair at the end of it. It's all going to be put up anyway. It doesn't really matter how tight it is. But for me, like I get really frustrated whenever I'm finally done and then I like check my braid and all of a sudden like half of my braid is like arcing over to the right side. Like it's closer to my ear than Don't it is anything else. And I'm just like, God damn it. And then I realized it's because one of my arms was getting weak and I kept like turning my, <laughs> turning my side and I'm just like, son of a bitch. Man, it happens. Anyway, so I keep doing my... Uh, I'm getting really good at it, though. That's good. That's because <laughs> you have to keep so redoing it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so like... And, you know, it's it's very healthy to braid your hair instead of pull it up. Is it? Yeah, it is, because whenever you pull up your hair and you put it into a tight ponytail, it pulls at your scalp. Oh, okay. So whenever it's not pulling at your scalp... And depending you, on how tight your French braid is, it depending can pull on it. How, yeah, that's true. That's very, very true. I always feel terrible for the... Uh, I used to be, I guess, kind of one of those children, but mm-hmm. the, the children whose moms like pull their hair so mm-hmm. hard that like it looks like they got a facelift. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, Lord. My mom did used to do that, actually. Really? She, she would do my hair up really, really... Like either in a tight ponytail mm-hmm. or she'd do braids. And I was an adorable child. <laughs> Let me just say. So she did a good job with that. But yeah. sometimes I was like, no, I do not. I don't want your bows. I'm I don't want your, your braids. Yeah. I don't have time for this. Yes. Ain't nobody got time for this. Right. Said the three-year-old. <laughs> I don't know that I was three. Although she told me that I hurt her feelings one time because <gasps> gasp. Oh my God. Because uh, she used to make bows and stuff for my hair. And she said that when I was in the third grade, I told her one time, mom, I don't need those bows anymore. And I mm. went to school and she said that she cried. I was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Now I'm sorry about it. When I was little, I'd probably been like, why are you crying? <laughs> probably because nobody else was wearing bows. Yeah. I was, I was probably like, bows aren't cool anymore. Mom. <laughs> My poor mother. Oh, I never had moments like that because I was a dude. (laughs) (laughs) You know, 
It's not for everybody. But my mom did used to cut my hair when I was younger because my grandma is a hair was a hairstylist mm-hmm. for a really long time. Right. And um, she taught my mom how to do hair. So my mom always cut our hair, my, me, my brother, and my dad for a really long time growing up. So I am. Um, I never had long hair because I never had a choice in the matter. Right. But then whenever I went out to college, that's when I started growing out my hair. And my hair grows really, really fast. And I have that really nice Native American hair where Mm -hmm. it's like super long and super straight. And I don't ever have to do anything to it because it's just gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Well, now it's like super, super healthy because I don't put any product in it anymore. All I do is braid it. Mm -hmm. Most of the time I'll just do like a half up braid. Right. So it's kind of like a... um, a, uh, I think it's, people call it a Viking braid. Okay. Where half of your hair is braided and the rest of it falls down your back. I think of assassins whenever that happens because you're keeping your hair out of your face. Out of your face? Yeah. Yeah. I have to do that whenever I'm at work just to keep my hair. So you have assassin hair. Yeah, that's fine. I'm okay with that. Cool. Um, I'll cut a bitch. And um, then now that my hair. Well, they kill a bitch. (laughs) They don't just cut her. (laughs) Now that my hair is longer, I'm doing a full French braid, which Mm. is really nice because I love braiding my hair. Well, good. It's relaxing. And I feel like not a whole lot of people are doing it, like men. And not a whole lot of men are braiding their hair anymore. Not in Texas. Not in Texas, no. Faux show. <laughs> so whenever I do it, it kind of is just like, and oh. I have a full beard, right? So it's a full beard, very manly, braided hair. It's kind of a look that people don't see anymore. You're like and a I Mexican like biker. I like to think of myself as like more Native American when I have this kind of look. Okay, you're a but Native American Mexican beard. biker. Right, because I have the beard. Native Americans don't normally have a beard. They don't. I think we've talked as about we've that discussed as well. in yeah. the beards <laughs> episode. <laughs> but um, I really like it. I'm enjoying it right now. Well, good. Yay. I'm enjoying seeing the back of your head. Thanks. Yep. You're welcome. <laughs> what about you? What's sweet this week? So I found this way of journaling that I really like. I'm, I'm really bad Aww. at journaling in general because I, I have a hard time coming up with things to do. So I used to have like little kind of prompts, I guess. It'd be like, what are you thankful for? What are you grateful mm. for? And I would do that. But then sometimes I get bored with that. So I found this way that I can incorporate drawing and painting. Hmm. I was taking a Skillshare class. By the way, this is not a sponsor just so everybody knows, but I was taking a Skillshare class and this lady was talking about how she journals and basically she either has like one of three kinds of, um, ways of doing her paintings. Mm -hmm. So she, for the first step is sketching and then you, you write in it your journal entry. So like, what Mm -hmm. are you doing that day? And I love the idea of taking a moment, taking that time to, to really appreciate the moment that you're in. So you're being very present, mm-hmm. which I love. So I was like, that's perfect. So you sit there and you sketch out what you want to sketch. Like uh, for yesterday's, I did um, one of those, the garden nurseries, because I went to a nursery with my grandmother mm-hmm. and I was writing about how we went to the nursery and everything. And we do that occasionally and how we hang right. out on Saturdays. And so I feel like that for me is a better way of journaling than mm-hmm. me sitting down and just writing all my feelings. So I saw it and you know what it reminds me of? Tell me. Have you ever seen the show Charmed? Yes. With the three witches? I have. It reminds me of the Book of Shadows. 
because that's how they used to write in the Book of Shadows. Well, I'm fine with that. They would. It's not just spells that they would do. They would write like encounters that they had with certain people or certain um, obstacles that's that they totally faced. That's totally what I'm doing. And then they drew. Yes. And um, kind of like depicted what happened in the event. Yeah. And like when you're flipping through the Book of Shadows, that's exactly what it looks like. That's what true. you're showing me. And I was just like, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm creating my own Book of Shadows. I really like it. I enjoy it. Thank you. Yeah, I like it a lot. So, mm-hmm. and there's, like I said, three different kinds. There's one where you can map out your day where you do little doodles yeah. and then you just kind of write beside it, mm-hmm. like what that doodle kind of represents and little arrows to kind of follow along, which yeah. I think is adorable. And then there's one where it's like a centerpiece where you have like a picture and then like you're talking about, you write around it. And then there's a collage kind of aspect and you can put like things that you, which I like personally, because then I don't have to throw shit away. Mm-hmm. So if you get like, you go somewhere and instead of getting a souvenir, you get like a little pamphlet, you can mm-hmm. use that pamphlet as part of the art, which I just That's think is cool. very neat. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of cool. Yay. I've enjoyed it a lot. Very creative of you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's it. That's all I've got. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of the world, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, please feel free to get a hold of us. All of our social media links will be in the description, as always. And until then, beautiful farewells, everybody. Bye. Peace.